Hey guys, TJ Leffler here. I just want to say thank you for joining and I want to let you know that you're in the right place if you want to get back to basics so you can get more out of life by doing less than you think. We're going to cover a lot of different things in this episode, but I want you to know that the most important thing you can do is to remove the ideas that you have about the things you're about to listen to, okay? I want you to approach this episode like a child. What can you learn from this experience? I've gone through a deep awakening. I've hired professional help. You're going to hear from multiple people throughout the course of season two, all through my voice and the notes that I've taken and the process that I've gone through, okay? I want you to be able to take this and make it practical and actually apply change to your life. So all that requires is for you to just have an open hand as you listen, all right? I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I forgot to mention that I accidentally wrote a book and I mean that genuinely. We were trying to create a guide for what you're listening to and I wrote too much. So we created a book and it's awesome. It's going to be online at corepillars.com, C-O-R-E-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com or tjloffler.com. Highly recommend as a gift or just checking it out if it's something that you want to come back to because you like what you listen to. Thank you guys again for being here. I appreciate you. This episode is called Mindset, and I had a lot of different ideas of how I could talk about what I want to talk about today, but I think it's all encompassed in this one word, mindset. And I want to use this time to reframe your mindset for how you approach your life, your work, your relationships, and really everything. You see, the most listened to episode in my first season was number one priorities. And I think it's because many of us have started to wake up to the fact that we're not living in alignment with our priorities, number one. And number two, with so many things that are trying to grab our attention, with so many things to choose from, we don't even know what our priorities actually ought to be. So in part, that's why this season's main theme is all about living a sustainable life. And that starts with a new mindset. So today's episode is really about the foundational principles that I've learned that I talk about in my book, Back to Basics for helping you understand how to have that foundational mindset that you need to address the things, the priorities that I'm going to outline for you. Specifically, I want to have you think about a new mindset as it relates to how you approach six practical priorities I'm going to outline for you. I call them core pillars to a sustainable life. And in this episode, I'm going to introduce them to you, including how I found them, what they've done for me, and what they can do for you. But I want to lay the foundation first. So the last couple episodes, we've been talking about anxiety, and it's a very important topic. And I wanted to bring that up. I think this can help us illustrate how all this ties together with anxiety and priorities, because the reality is for many of us, anxiety comes from unaddressed priorities. Anxiety comes from unaddressed priorities. And the Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the U.S. ages 18 and older. Okay, just to give you a picture, that's about 18% of the adult population with clinical anxiety. But here's the reality. That doesn't include the people who have lower level anxiety or those people who have not been clinically diagnosed with anxiety disorder, meaning there's a large percentage of us who have anxiety, but it's unaddressed or it's unknown and it's existing quietly. Okay, so when we think about that and we understand that we don't have a statistic for that, it kind of raises our attention to the fact that it's more than just the 40 million adults that we have on paper, right? Even worse, anxiety doesn't mean you can't function, right? So we still snooze five times before getting up, before rushing into our day, getting out the door, calling coffee our breakfast, skipping lunch, working longer hours than we ought to, than we know we should, drinking more than we should, not hydrating like we should, not going to bed with the number of hours or the quality of sleep that we should, traveling, adding more stress to our body without the care it needs. And yes, we're functioning, but here's the thing. Functioning doesn't mean 
you're healthy. Functioning doesn't mean you're healthy. And so what I'm trying to illustrate is that we have a lot of high-functioning people who are struggling quietly, but it's not the anxiety. It's not the major depressive episodes that happen to an estimated 16.2 million adults in the U.S. or 6.7% of the adults in a given year. It's not even the suicide rates that are at their highest levels in, in the last 20 years since World War II. It's our priorities and it's our decisions and it's what's within our control to become a healthier person spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically about what we decide and what we don't decide to do. But before I get into the core pillars to a sustainable life so that you can live a healthier life, so that you can have the life that you know that you deserve, and here's the reality. I found purpose. I found so many different things for me as I moved into more meaningful work, as I found more alignment and clarity, but I ran into another wall and I realized I wasn't able to live sustainably. And that's what prompted this whole conversation. That's what prompted me to start changing the way that I approach coaching conversations, that I approach my own life. And I want to share that personal journey with you because I think you need to understand. And I think we need to have this discussion amongst ourselves about what we're not aware of and what we're blind to. I call them blind spots so that we can understand what we need to focus on so that we can actually get the change that we're looking for rather than looking in the wrong places. Okay. So before I get into the six pillars and how I found them and how my life and many others' lives have changed using them, I want to talk about two things, okay? Stress and burnout. Now, I'm going to start with burnout first because a lot of people are burned out and just don't know it. Back to the idea of blind spots, right? The reason is because the car doesn't crash. It just slowly breaks down. Think about this, okay? Your body doesn't just fall apart. It slowly breaks down. You don't just have a one lapse or two laps of not being able to focus on this or not being able to focus on that and your body just, you know, you lose an arm. It's really this process of your body slowly adapts to lower levels of living, but you're still high functioning. And then all of a sudden, because our bodies know how to adapt, because we can keep starting, keep moving each day, we don't take ourselves in for the, the repairs or the maintenance that we need, changing the oil, et cetera, right? And we ignore the lights on the dashboard that are signaling something's wrong. And so then we wake up one day and we wonder why we're suddenly struggling with severe demotivation. I'm just speaking to things I wrote down that are you know authentic to my story and what's happened in my life. I woke up one day and I remember I was working on Wall Street and I just thought to myself, wow, why am I so not motivated anymore? I'm the most motivated person I know. What happened to me? That's what I remember thinking. I had this inability to make decisions and complete tasks. And this is not different from a lot of the coaching conversations I have, at least initially, when people come to me and they're looking for purpose and clarity. And I have these conversations and it's like I'm looking in the mirror at myself five years ago, six years ago. And there's relationship problems. There's persistent confusion or dysfunction that we start to notice. There's doubt. There's brain fog. There's physical pains. There's blood in the toilet. And I'm being super raw and honest with you guys because I think the more that we can be honest with ourselves about this, the more that we're going to be able to pay attention to what we've been ignoring or slowly suppressing. And I say slowly because we'll see one thing, we suppress, we see another thing, we suppress. And then the next thing you know is all of it comes to fruition at once. All of it comes to the surface at once. And I'm just giving you signs and symptoms of things that I saw in my body, the signals on the dashboard that I was ignoring. Right? Hair loss, friends commenting about how much weight I lost or gained in some people's case. Okay, my question to you is, are you burned out and you just don't know it? Are you burned out and you just don't know it? Quoting their book, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, these two sisters, Emily and Amelia Nagoski, they have this article in the Washington Post that summarizes it in this way. Burnout is caused by chronic stress, not stressors. And I want to explain this. It's important to differentiate the two. Stressors are externals, okay? These are the to-do list, the financial problems, the anxiety about our future. But stress, on the other hand, is 
internal, and it's the neurological and physiological shift that happens when your body encounters these external stressors. So we have stress and stressors. Stress is the internal response to the stressors in our external world. So to fix burnout, we need to address the internal stress itself, not the stressors. And that's where I think our focus needs to shift. Remember, we're talking about mindset and the perspective that you need to actually make some changes to your life. They must allow or we must allow our body to complete its stress response cycle. And I'm going to talk about this more. And I definitely dig into this more in active rest when I get into that episode. And, and in my book, I talk about the importance of understanding sympathetic and parasympathetic tone. Instead, people People tend to focus on our external world, our external stressors, and we assume that our stress will go away, our internal stress will go away. If we're just on top of things, then we're just checking the list. And the problem is, is when we're just checking the list, right, then we're just eating the kale or going to all the class pass sessions that are available to us. But if you're not in touch with yourself and what's really driving or motivating you in life or your mindset, right, red fear, your motivation, a lot of people are driven by fear of not being accepted, fear of not finding the relationship that they want to have belonging in their life, fear of not being uh, accomplished or performing whatever they need to perform or achieve in their job because of somebody else's expectation or opinion they've adopted as their own. And so they drive themselves to all of these things that they think are going to make them healthy in their external world, but still inside their body internally, they don't understand that there's this physiological thing happening. And so they run into what I call an internal conflict because they don't understand this tension between I'm trying to be healthy externally, but inside I still feel empty. I still feel like I don't have what I need. And this is a lot of people's reality. And you know what it causes? It causes anxiety. It causes anxiety and it's a very defeating cycle, one that I've lived in. Okay, so we understand that stress can be external and internal. And there's a difference between the two, but I want to break down now that external stress. Just talk about the difference between eustress and distress. Okay, eustress is a term for positive stress and distress often refers to negative stress. Okay, so stress is not a bad word. Stress isn't a bad word. Some of you might already understand this in your life, right? Some stress can be good, and that's what we call eustress. It motivates us. It focuses our energy. It's normally short-term, and it's perceived as within our ability to handle. It feels exciting. It improves our performance. So, for example, me feeling a little bit of stress to feel like I have a message to get out to the world to help people understand or see some of the things that I've seen in my own life that have helped me live with more energy and clarity and all these other things, things that I was blind to years ago that I've been on a journey to discovering and making changes and improvements in my life, I'm feeling this stress inside of me that says, TJ, you can't just hold on to this. You have to do something about it. And that's exciting. And it motivates me and it helps me and encourages me. But then there's this thing in contrast where we recognize that there's this negativity that can come if we're living under chronic stress. That's called distress. And this is the external indicator. Now, if I'm trying to live up to some expectation of performance and achievement based on somebody else's you know, view of me or my own idea of what reputation I need. You know, this can cause anxiety and concern. It can be short or long term. It can be perceived as outside of our ability to handle, read as perfectionism. None of us are going to be perfect. It can feel unpleasant. It decreases our performance. It can lead to mental and physical problems. Chronic stress leads to all kinds of problems, mainly, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in diet and in active rest, but mainly in hormonal imbalance. And a lot of you guys will find that you can't willpower your way through hormonal imbalance. In other words, when you start recognizing severe demotivation, when you start recognizing uh, an inability to fall asleep at night because your, your hormone levels are out of balance, for example, your cortisol is skyrocketed at night, but it's, it's depleted in the morning. And so you have this kind of wired at night and tired in the morning effect. 
you can't willpower your way through that. You actually have to see these physical changes in your body. And we're going to talk about how that can happen. And so here's the thing, though, that chronic stress will lead to some of those hormonal imbalances. And you have, here's what I'm doing. I'm giving you back that power. You have control over your life to make changes. You just have to know what changes to make, right? You see, over time, many people I'm speaking with, and this is within my story as well, are highly driven, motivated, career-focused, et cetera, but they don't, A, recognize the level of external stress or distress they're putting on themselves through the poor work and life choice that they have, some things I've mentioned already, and B, they don't give themselves the space or support to allow that stress response cycle actually complete itself. And we're going to talk more about that and specifically in active rest. I think that's going to be one that if you're resonating with the message I'm talking about, you need to listen to the episode on active rest for sure. Now, as it relates to burnout, okay, so we just talked about stress. Now I want to lead into this idea of how this ties into to burnout and come and just tie that up. Burnout's a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress or chronic stress. And it occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands in your life. In short, it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable. Hence, why I'm so passionate about this idea of going back to basics. Not only have I seen the power of that change in my life of going back to the basics as I ran, ran into several problems that I just didn't know how to address. And I started to realize that I had to change the way they approached those problems. I couldn't just bulldoze my way through those problems. I had to actually get back to the things that I needed as I was going through healing, as I was trying to figure out how to grow a business, as I was trying to figure out how to make money, as I was trying to figure out how to have balance in my life while I was trying to do all these things. And as I realized, wait a second, there's this like practical thing that I need to do. And I don't know my priorities anymore. You know, I had this blueprint for my life. And if you're living in the corporate world, you came from college and went into the corporate ladder, you had this blueprint. All of a sudden, when you leave that world, you just don't have a map for yourself. And that's an empowering thing because there's so many opportunities. But that's also a very scary thing because now it's a blank slate. So I really had to ask myself and get real with myself. And I had, to, I had to say, okay, so now I have to really create the structure my life needs. In other words, I need to know my priorities. And because I didn't have a good grip on that, I ended up running into burnout again. And so I found myself in that position of needing to figure out what my practical priorities are. And so that led me to how do I live a sustainable life? Not just how do I grow a business that I think is going to last, but like, how do I not die in the process? And I'm being real with you because there were times in my life where I really felt such a deep lack in so many things, but mainly here's the word energy. And if I don't have the energy, then I could have all the purpose and clarity that I need. But if I don't have the energy, then none of that really matters because I can't fulfill whatever I believe I meant to fulfill. And, and whether that's career, you know, life calling, whatever you want to call it, how about just having a family, right? And, and that is a life calling for me, I believe it. But if I can't have the energy to be present with myself, with my wife, and, and hopefully God willing kids one day, it's like, then none of this stuff really matters. So as we transition into the core pillars and the practical priorities you can have, I want to ask a confronting question, okay? What will it take for you to change your priorities? What will it take for you to change your priorities? It's a sad reality that chronic brain fog, hair loss, lethargy, irritability, weight loss from muscle atrophy, stomach pains, and even doctor's appointments didn't change me. I was unwilling to change my priorities until I finally accepted that there's no amount of recognition or money that's worth my health, peace, or sanity. I just want you to let that sink in for a second. There's no amount of recognition or money that's worth my health peace or sanity. The other thing I came to realize was that being unhealthy 
will make you unhappy. Being unhealthy will make you unhappy. And this became evident after I left that promising career path at Goldman Sachs. I thought leaving the job would resolve my stress again. We think about the external stress, right? And the unrest and overall dissatisfaction with the way things were. That was my life. So I traveled, I moved cities, I spun my wheels on business ideas, I delayed important decision-making and realized, here's the key, the limits of self-sufficiency. And that led me to eventually lose all my money. That led me to lose all my money because I was trying to do everything on my own and I lacked the accountability that I needed. So during the next several years, I discovered not just the need for more purpose and creating a path for meaningful work, but I also discovered the need for healing. I learned how to make money while having schedule autonomy. I did all these things. The problem was I still had a lifestyle that drove me to be irritable, anxious, and deprived of energy. And I lived in these cycles of high performance followed by instability, eventually leading me to burnout again. This time I didn't have anything or anyone else to blame. I couldn't blame the job. I couldn't blame my boss. I couldn't blame anybody but me. And the reality is as I as I moved into this state of clarity of recognizing my need for taking responsibility for my life, as I moved into that state, I started to realize, wait a second, when I was in that position in my past, I didn't have anyone else to blame either. It was just, I, I had an out. I had an option. And at this point in my life, when I reached this you know season where I was like, wow, okay, I don't really feel like I have an out. I didn't have anyone anywhere else to go and started showing it started showing me that I couldn't live from this victim mentality something I never by the way thought I had until I got to this moment where I felt powerless or helpless and so I knew if I didn't shift my mentality then I'd never be able to live more sustainably right so it's one thing to know something needs to change and remember my question to you was what's it going to take for you to change your priorities but it's another thing to know how to make that change happen okay being healthy is more than just eating salad and getting to bed on time sustainable change begins with your mind and that's what we're trying to to accomplish here. This couldn't have become more evident than when I read these core pillars for the first time. I'm just going to break these down for you right now. I'm going to tell you what they are because I've been talking about them, the core pillars for a sustainable life, diet, sleep, movement, slash exercise, rest, reflection, and connection. I'm just going to talk about the core pillars to a sustainable life, diet, sleep, movement, and exercise, rest, reflection, and connection. There's six of them. Now for how I found them, well, that's a different story. A client came to me and they had bipolar disorder. I didn't know what that was. I'd heard of it, but that's not the typical case for me. So I started doing some research. I started looking online. I end up in a rabbit hole of research. I look at all these different white papers. I see all these different things about what bipolar disorder is and isn't and how people who have bipolar disorder are very intelligent and how they have a ton of potential, but it ends up, you know, maybe being misdirected and and it ends up kind of like they're feeling limited because of this actual condition that they have. And so in this study, it was talking about how people who have bipolar can be best supported because there's all kinds of different things and symptoms of bipolar disorder where where they have a a change to how they're approaching their life. For context, they're typically high-functioning people, like I said, who have greater capacity intelligence relative to their peers. But the problems that they're struggling with moodiness and ability to focus or complete tasks they even struggle with confusion or inattention and and a number of other things. But the first surprise to me was that on a more extreme levels, this sounds like a lot of people that I'm talking with on a day to day. These these signs and symptoms sounded like a lot of people that I'm talking with. And it piqued my attention because I said, wait a second, I could probably learn a lot from this. The second surprise is what came from one of the studies I was reading. Two groups, and now this is from memory. One was given medication. The other was given a health regimen. One was given medication. 
and the other was given a health regimen. And the outcome was that those following the health regimen did as well, if not better, than those taking the medication. Now, the question is, well, what was their health regimen? The health regimen included a balance of attention and focus and energy towards these six things, diet, sleep, exercise, or movement, active rest, reflection, and connection. And as I read these things, they stuck out on the page to me. I thought, wow, this is powerful because there's something in this. I, I knew it as I was reading. It was like God was showing me. He was like, hey, there's something in this for you, TJ. There's something in this for you. And so as I read this, I started to realize this started to sink in. I thought, wow, these six things are so simple. If they really worked, why did why? Why did they work? And then I thought as I sat there, a better question started to surface. And I thought, if they work, why don't we take them seriously? If these six core pillars to living sustainably really help support people who need it, why don't we take these things more seriously? And the answer is found in our priorities, how we approach our priorities, our mindset and perspective about our priorities, and specifically about our relationship with these six things. That's what I discovered as I went on a personal journey, because you know what that was for me? It was a call to action. It was a challenge. It was a, TJ, how about you go down this journey? And how about you keep a scorecard of these six things in your life and see what happens? And over the course of the next 18 months, 24 months, my business started growing at a faster rate because I started having a lot more focus, a lot more energy, a lot more attention on the things that mattered most. I started to have a, a clarity about what I could control and what I couldn't control. And it was really interesting because, you know, I, I used to have this, this strong temptation to focus on the things that would be productive. But my idea of what productive shifted, in other words, what became productive was eating. And so I started, for example, just as a small example, I started eating on my coaching calls and I was unapologetic about it. I was polite, but unapologetic and saying, well, I, you know, I'm working with a registered dietitian and I'm really trying to work on my timing and my eating. And so I'll be eating during this call, I'll be on mute in between. And what's really interesting is where I had originally in the past thought, no, that's not something that I could do because people would be offended. It would be disrespectful. The response with people when they were on the phone was, wow, that's impressive that you're actually following a regimen like that, that discipline. And so even my perspective about how I behaved and how people would respond to how I behaved, even that started to shift over time. And I'm just giving you one example of what this looks like. But it's not necessarily about the diet, the sleep, the exercise, and all of these things that I'm mentioning. It's about, like I said, our relationship with these things. So what I want you to understand is I just kind of like close this out, at least just this portion. So before you guys get, we're going to break down diet, sleep, exercise, and active rest, reflection, connection over the course of this next season. But what I want you to understand is like, if you're resonating with this, I want you to know that you can't fix a decade of poor decisions in 24 hours. And that's what I really needed to understand. I'm talking about a health journey that I've been on for much longer than 18 to 24 months. But what I've really been doing over the last 18 to 24 months is not just through professional help and hiring people to help me on my journey to becoming healthy and having more energy to living more sustainably. I've not just been focusing on that, but I've actually been trying to educate myself. I've been trying to make changes to my behaviors, even in just the way that I engage with work and my relationship with work, my relationship with myself. I mean, this digs into so many things that started to be uprooted as I, as I navigated through this. And we'll talk about this in each of the pillars where you'll hear a little bit more about me articulating for example, 
you know, how my relationship with food actually highlighted that I had a poor relationship with my body and how my relationship with exercise and movement highlighted that I really had some negativity associated with this that prevented me from getting the actual focus on my on my body that I needed. And this actually then affected my mental state, of course, right? And we know the link for a lot of you guys. I don't need to tell you this information about, you know, this affected my, my mental state as much as it did my physical state because when you're getting exercise, it changes your mental health through the hormones that you actually are releasing in that process. So, you know, I'm not here to give you more information or things that you can find online. I'm here to give you perspective. And I want you to understand, and hopefully you've gained from this, from this, just this short episode, that the perspective you need is not really about how you get more information for these things, for what's the latest fad or the trend. The perspective you need is how you relate to these things and how that can change your life. All right. So as you listen to this season and the theme of this season of how to live a more balanced and sustainable life, I want you to recognize that there's two things for you to know. First, that there are times and seasons for everything. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Understand the context. Just like anything you hear on Instagram, on Facebook, on Google, on anywhere that you're listening, even from your mentors or people that you're looking for advice from in the course of your life, like take it with context. Take it with perspective and a grain of salt because advice honestly is terrible unless it's asked in the form of a question, okay? And that makes it unique to you. So I want you to understand that there's times and seasons for everything. If you're in a season where you've just hit a wall after a decade of poor lifestyle and work choices, which by the way, you have to be honest with yourself to understand what that even means, then you need to understand that your process may be different than someone who's firing on all cylinders and just hitting their stride. We just had a weekend summit with clients and they were all here for uh, just, I do a private gathering at the end of the year. This was the first one for our, for our private coaching community. And it was amazing. We got to talk with a friend of mine who's running a uh, multi-million dollar business and they've been featured on Shark Tank and she's done amazing stuff. And and somebody asked her about this approach to life. And, and I want to use this as an example of what I just talked about. Somebody asked her about her approach to life and balance because she's working so much, but she's so passionate about it. And she's really, you could, you could tell how much she enjoys what she's doing. And her response was, I think that balance is a dirty word. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but her response was, there's really, you have to just understand what you're focusing on and what season you're in. And for her, sure, she had been through a season of burnout where she was working on Wall Street and realized that she was really being unhealthy. And then she moved into a season where she was doing something more meaningful, impactful, and found passion in it. And her gifting was applied to what she was doing and she was succeeding. And, and so she derived a lot of energy from that and really from having a purposeful mission in, in the context of her work. That's amazing. And so she would maybe not uh, focusing so much on family or maybe not focusing so much on her diet or so on her sleep or whatever it might be. But she was engaged with the fact that she was in a season of her reality of her life where she could be okay with that. And she knew what her priorities were. Now, what she didn't tell the group in private, okay, that we talked about in a conversation where we had one-on-one was that she makes sure she's getting eight hours of sleep each night because if she's not, she can tell that she's not leading other people well because she becomes irritable, et cetera. And so what we need to understand is that people are going to share advice and they're going to share their perspective, but you need to understand from what season or context they're sharing that perspective. And I hope that that helps you understand. I just want you to be kind with yourself, okay? And understand that you can't compare your first inning to somebody else's seventh inning, okay? You can't compare your first inning to somebody else's seventh inning. Now, number two thing I want you to take away before you engage with these next episodes is focus on one thing at a time. 
you don't need to overperform your way to health and energy. And I think this is a tendency a lot of you guys who are listening might have. That's an old striving mentality. And that's the number one thing we're trying to move people away from. We want you to move from striving to thriving. And if you're still in that mentality that you need to perform your way to success, then you're not understanding the value of just being, right? Uh, and you're still too focused on doing. And one of the key pieces of this whole thing is that there's an element of being that we need to incorporate. If you've been too heavily focused on doing for your entire life, then you're going to find more value in being. You need to kind of tip the scale the other way. Maybe it's like this. You need it and visually, I'm trying to give you the, the way to think about it, but you need to tip the scale the other way so you're a little bit more even keeled, all right? We're trying to move you away from that place of having so much judgment and self-criticism, being your own worst critic. And one of the best ways you can do that is to, to recognize first that it's a process, it's a journey, and that's all that matters is that you're on it is that you're focused on it, okay? So let's wrap this up with just one real takeaway for you. And I just wanna ask that provoking question again. What's it going to take for you to change your priorities? In other words, what's the mindset that you need? Is there one thing that you could take away that you could write down, use your phone as notes, or if, you're, you, if you have you know, a journal up or a piece of pen and paper nearby, just write something down for yourself that's gonna help you think about what you need to change and a core belief that you have that's driving your decisions every single day to work longer, to skip lunch, to not, take sleep seriously, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be, to not hire somebody to help you, okay? What's it going to take for you to change your priorities? That's what I want you to think about. And that's what I want you to focus on as you actually move into these next few episodes and think about what's really going to benefit you. Thank you guys. I love you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time, energy, and attention. The best thing that you can do if you got value is share this episode with someone, family, friend, coworker, client, anybody that you think would also get value. If you want to stay in touch with me, go ahead to visit my website, tjloeffler.com, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R.com. And there you can sign up to get messages from me, including show notes, subscription to the podcast, weekly letters that I write just honestly, authentically about what's going on in my life or private events that I'm hosting, etc. And the last thing that I'll say is if you really got value out of this season in particular, Back to Basics, my book is going to be available. Corepillars.com, C-O-R-E, pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com is going to be the place that you can be directed to get access to that book. If you're wanting to go deeper into the subject that we're talking about today, if you just want to have it on hand, it's really meant to be a timeless piece for people to revisit when they need to kind of get balanced. I want you to get more out of your life by doing less than you think. So I've hope that that's a succinct way for you to do that. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. That's all for now. Until next time.